Sports Warriors Life Podcast 2023, episode 23, brought to you by the legends at King's Container Crew. Anyone in need of a container crew across New Zealand, they're in Auckland, Christchurch, and Australia, Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, and Perth. Uh, so customers and warehouses looking for alternative solutions to their containers being packed or unpacked. Get in touch at kingscontainercrew.com. That's Kings with a Z. Uh, same for anyone interested in joining their team. Hit the work with us tab. Uh, Brad and Fonzie in Bali for bye week getting matching tattoos, but that means we've got another special guest for the break. Uh, third TWL podcast appearance for Nick Top Rope Tedeschi. Great mate of mine, one of the great rugby league writers and analysts, all the way from Orange in the central tablelands of New South Wales. Welcome back, mate. So good to have you again. Will, it's been way too long. Great to chat, great to catch up. Always a pleasure. Uh, may paint us a word picture of orange at this time of the year. We've got a lot of New Zealand, uh, most of our audience is New Zealand, probably not too familiar with the central tablelands. What's it looking like out there? Uh, well, I'll give you a tip that it is very, very cold. It got down to minus uh, four, felt like minus seven last night. So it was absolutely freezing. Sheep grazers morning. So good luck to all the farmers out there. Uh, out of town, about 45,000. A bit different to the Orange Road up here. Just a bit of a knockabout place when I grew up. But uh, um, you come one of those kind of fancy country towns these days. You know, we all have a restaurant, winery district, get... Uh, uh, plenty of people coming to move out here uh, for a bit of a what they call it, a tree change or that kind of thing. So, uh, a good, good, easy life. Uh, yeah, my family's here, my wife's family's here. So, um, yeah, kind of never envisaged I would end up here. But uh, when you have kids and try to live in Sydney, that doesn't really work out. So, it's uh, kind of nightmare. So, at least now I've got uh, one golf course a minute away, another golf course two minutes away. And, uh, school five minutes away, so that kind of fits in well with uh, the lifestyle I want to lead. Nice one, mate. And uh, where can we catch some of your outstanding work? I've been reading From the Couch, uh, the greatest rugby league column on the planet for more than a decade. I'm sure it's been going for about 15 years or so. Uh, we can catch that at betseeker.com.au yep. now. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Uh, yeah, 20 year anniversary of From the Couch next year. 20 actually. years, wow. So. Started in 2005, so that's unbelievable. It never occurred to me to think about how far it was until, uh, until, you, until you mentioned that. Uh, hopefully uh, hopefully, a few of those old uh, older editions uh, have uh, died in the wind, so I'm not sure how, how how strong 2005 years hold up in 2023, so definitely nobody goes searching for those. Um, but uh, now around the traps, uh, look, do a bit of work for, for, for Betseeker. That's, that's coming around there. Um, yeah, I'm on, on a little birdie podcast uh, every week and do some do a tips package for them, which is always good. Uh, around the joint, uh, Betfair, do a bit of golf with them. Uh, writing at the Guardian, I'll uh, I'll have some analysis for State of Origin first thing Thursday morning, and uh, a bit of the Women's Origin for them as well. So, um, yeah, plenty going on. So and get around that, everyone. And um, before we get into the state of play in the NRL, it's Origin 2 day, as I speak to you on this Wednesday morning. Now, Ashes, incredible finish in the Ashes this morning. Uh, Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon, a couple of New South Welshmen. Can they, can that be an omen for the Blues to pull off a big upset at Suncorp tonight? Yeah, I hope so. First of all, Nathan Lyon, I've never run the Super Bowl before him, Gary. He's a New South Wales fan. He should be called Jamie. So that's uh, that's how they should be running with that. Um, no, I, I think the Blues have a chance tonight. It's, uh, look, I've been 
highly critical of Brad Fittler for, for the last four or five years. I think he's lost the plot with some same selection. I think, look, there's no doubt Moses is a downgrade on Cleary, but I do like the fact it's going to force him to move away from just this Penrith-style play that Queensland can so easily contain. Just, it's just not, yeah, that middle link does not cut out for uh, origin to, to twin an origin, you need to be smashing the line, getting your feet quick, play the ball, get some momentum go. Yeah, it's running it through, it's just not, not working that way. So, um, I do think Moses can bring something different there. I also like the three swaps to the bench, but Brad Fitt was not a bright coach, he didn't know how to use Nico Hines, he put himself in a bad position there. At least with Robson, we you know he's going to be a straight sub for, for Cook. And if there's a back row injury, Robson can easily sit in the, the second row in that middle lock. Kind of Cameron McKenna as well. So, um, yeah, I've got a lot of the balance of the team better. Dropping Pango Jr., much, much better there. Um, and just Fitler's never lost a second game. A game two of a series in his five origins. And just a little nugget um, home team. So, we know the game's been played at Suncorp or, or Acorp over the last like, 14 games. My home team has only won by more than six, three times. So um, it's not been commonplace to, for, for teams to be put to the sword. Plus six and a half is a good bet, but I think the boys can win this one. We all know how referees operate our game, referee game twos. I don't, I don't think they have any desire to see who wins. I don't think they, you know, turn into any kind of you know, corruption or, or match tricks or anything like that. But I think their natural bent is they would love to see an even series. I think most people's natural bent is they would love to see a decider. So I, I kind of think the, the rub of the green and all those 50-50 calls go, go, will go the way of New South Wales. Yeah, okay. Um, interesting position for Queensland to be in, especially for recent years, such heavy favourites. That is, you know, as much as they're trying to talk it down, it must be a different mentality for them getting so into it. First time um, they've been favourites in the Brad Fittler era, Queensland. So yeah, they've never even been... Yeah. Never even been a half point favourite in the both fit area. Six and a half point favourites tonight. So yeah, you know, all the all the rubbish you see on three sixty of a billion eight miles, seven in down so like, absolute bollocks. They know they're, they're up one mil. They know they're their turn at home. They know enough to know their favourites. So um should they be favourites? Probably, given what's happened, but given the talent available at New South Wales, they probably shouldn't be. So I think there's plenty of value on the boys. Should be a ripper. Uh, either way, um, Brad Fittler or getting your first coach spray out of the way, mate. Get used to that over the next hour. Everyone listening out there, there's a few coaches sure to be in the firing line as we go through each of the 16 teams. Uh, looking at the NRL, mate, um, what's been your overall take on the, what are we up to around 17 so far? Um, incredibly even competition compared to especially recent years. Um, what, what have been your standout features of 2023, favourite storylines and uh, any Eating trends that have surprised you or have been overwhelming? Yeah, uh, it's been uh, a great year for football. The level of closeness has been, or close bands has been really, really good. Oh, I kind of, you're starting to see that break apart a little bit, and you usually do towards the back end of the year, but like there have been some great, great football games and close football games. Like it's been a real year, like from a betting point of view, yeah, favourites are winning, but pluses are covering. So that's, that's usually a sign that we've got to. A great comment, and parity has always been the great advantage the NRL's had over, over sports like the AFL. And, you know, it's often a, one, one of the great myths is that drafts kind of bring parity. You know, drafts bring tanking, and, and, and the NRL doesn't have that. You know, you're going to say, yeah, the bottom team, which is you know, the Tigers at the moment, they've already won three games and knocked off the defending premiers. So, 
Um, in terms of storylines, I think what the Dolphins have done this year has reinvigorated the game. Like it has really, they have been a great addition to the comp. We haven't had the thrill of a new team for a while. The last one was the Titans. Probably wasn't the buzz around them because it was, yeah, people forget 2006 was still a pretty dark time for the league in terms of um, post Super League kind of trauma and all that kind of stuff. So we're just kind of getting through that. But yeah, Dolphins have been great. And the fact they've got the history and a pretty clear identity has been. Uh, has been wonderful. Yeah, been good year for Queensland rugby league as well. Broncos have been something else. They've really turned around. Like, yeah, our great mate Benny Eichen is out, but his fingerprints are certainly over some of the recruitment that they've, they've got there. And that he was pretty big key part in getting um, getting Adam up there, and he's been fantastic too. So that's been you know a, a big story on there. And yeah, obviously on a Warriors podcast. Yeah, you, know, you have to be chuffed with the way the Warriors have gone. He's done a great job, Webster. Um, I, I, th- I thought you were certainly improving on your last few coaches, but that's not saying much. I think there's plenty of room between between being good and being an improvement. And as a Bulldogs fan, I thought we might have got the best Panthers assistant. I'm starting to question that now, so not going to write it off just yet. But Webster's getting Webster's got a developed a toughness in the Warriors that the Bulldogs certainly have got. Alvin to well, particularly the Bulldogs and the Warriors uh, shortly, but running through alphabetically each club. And you mentioned the Broncos uh, leading the comp with uh, with ten rounds to go. They have been outstanding. They had that bad bad fade out last year, but they've ticked a lot of boxes this year. Um, do you think they can go all the way though? I mean, they they they, they shocked Penrith in round one mid season. They sort of you know lost to South Melbourne and Penrith. Um, do they have that extra gear to go to? They've been great to watch, but does that hold up in the finals? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I, I kind of, I'm worried about their coaching. Like, I don't think Kevin Wallace is smart. they one on talent. The, the hard part to kind of handicap and grasp is, is the influence Adam Reynolds is having over them off the field. Like, everyone wants to tell you that Adam Reynolds is, is the coach. And certainly, yeah, from a from a game plan, tactical point of view, I yeah, wouldn't dispute that at all. From probably a player development point of view, I don't dispute that at all. But there's those in-game, you know, bench rotation and stuff that, you know, in finals, they, they make a lot of difference. So um, I I think they've got a few too many errors in their backs as well. I think they've got a huge upside with their backs. But also, Cobo, Reese Walsh has been absolutely stunning this year. Um, worried about their depth of their bench as well. Like, I don't know that, you know, Billy Walters and, you know, kind of rolling out, you know, you know Palacios and stuff like that. Kobe Hedrington's are going to kind of get it done. So... Um, I think they're a very good team. I think they can definitely get to a preliminary final. They've got something to build on for next year. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, not hugely confident they can go on with it. Yeah, they, uh, it's been a great year for them, obviously, but it does feel like they need to serve a bit of a finals apprenticeship after, what was it, 2019 that they, or 2018, that they last made the finals and got spanked by Yeah, so uh, that'll be a new experience for a lot of those players playing in, in finals footy again. Um, moving on to the Raiders. Now, they started poorly, um, turned it around with seven wins from eight, and then got absolutely tangled up in Jared Croker's 300th game. Seemed to just overtake everything that they were about for about three weeks. Um, they only just beat the Tigers, and they got pumped by the Warriors. So where do you reckon they stand? They're still seventh on the ladder, pretty well placed, but has, uh, has that little blip there over the last couple of weeks, sort of derailed their their finals chances. 
Yeah, hard to know. That they entered the year with the easiest draw I think I've seen in, in probably ten years. They 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 are absolute beneficiaries of a very, very soft draw this year, the Raiders. I am pretty heavy on them to, to make the final and they still will. Do I think they're, they're they're good enough to go anywhere? No, absolutely not. I think I think the whole croaker thing was just one of the silliest things I've seen, especially from someone so competitive like Richard Stewart. Like it quite that kind of came out of nowhere for my life. I, I don't know what he was trying to prove or what he was trying to do. But, like, he goes, oh, we've got the two points against the, the, the Tigers. Well, they just held on. But that wasn't the point because they completely blew the two points. In. <laughs> that, yeah. Like, I, like I, I cannot recall being as confident about as I was in the Warriors that night against the Raiders. Like, that is the Raiders are terrible favourites. They do not handle pressure well. They do not handle occasion well. And, and I felt I felt sorry for Jared. Like, he's not the kind of player who would ask for that. He would command. He's probably the most unassuming 300 gamer in the history of the, 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 of the competition and has always put the team first. Like, he's as selfless as they get. So, yeah, I, I, they said that they, you know, wanted to do a thing. I don't think they asked him. They asked him, I doubt that would happen. So, um, yeah, I can see the Raiders making that, but I think that's been on the cap out there. I also don't think there's a lot charging from outside the pack to, to knock them down. Either. Um, the thing I found most bizarre about the Jared Croker 300 thing was just how, how aggressive in the media Ricky Stewart was. I mean, fair enough if that's your strip, if that's what you want to do and rest him, but just came out firing constantly and, and just dragged more pressure onto the team by being so wild in those press conferences and, and kept on going with it after they got spanked by 22 points. It was it was crazy saying that, you know, if they miss the finals, then it's it's still worth it. Unbelievable. I, I, I will give Ricky this. He's extraordinarily consistent in digging his heels in and sticking with a position. Blokes never moved off any position in his life. So, um, but I, I, I thought, well, I thought it set a very bad precedent. And like, I'm not that he is one to really hear the precedents, but uh, I thought it set a very bad kind of tone for the club as well going forward. That, that one player is bigger than the two points because the two points is always bigger than anything that goes on the club. Yeah. Um, can they, if they fade out, can, does Ricky come under any pressure? He almost seems sort of immovable down in Canberra. Um, but, you know, surely he's got to start coming under a bit of heat. Ricky is as safe as Edie. I mean, you know, he is going absolutely nowhere. Like if, if Ricky wants a job for the next 60 years, including a 20-year contract from the day after he dies, he's got it. Even <laughs> Don Ferner are close. He, he is... Oh, I, I don't think this is overing it by saying he would be one of the most... One of the ten most connected people in Canberra, not just football Canberra. Canberra, but he he has you know he has a lot of pull in that town. And yeah, the club would be in a lot of strife. I don't think. I think they could go winless for the next three years and be able to talk myself into staying in the job. Uh poor old uh, Ricky. Um, okay, on to your Bulldogs, mate. Now, a lot of hype around the Bulldogs with Cameron Serrato and a couple of big buys. Coming on board uh, hasn't quite panned out as as well as, uh, as everyone would have hoped. Is that no. fair to say, mate? No, it's been a bit disappointing. I, I'm kind of willing not to not willing to write write him off just yet, Serraldo. But um, and, and there have been some excuses. There's certainly been some injuries, and it's been pretty rare that we've put, put our best team on the the park. So you know, to kick out injury has has, has not been great, but there's just been some massive whiffs and a massive whiff in, in kind of recruitment. Ryan Sutton has been dreadful and that's not going to end until I was cut. And they, they kind of went pretty hard to, to sign him. 
But I know Tavita Pangai Jr. wasn't Seraldo's son, but he offered to walk away from the club. And how that happened, how that happened was let him go is beyond me. Like, you want out? You want to walk away from this? Go. Like, he's been that bad. Um, I'm just a little concerned about some of the decision-making from Seraldo. Like, you obviously well acquainted with the Warriors fan with Hayes Perrin. I've got no idea how he got the gig as fullback. And, okay, you want to try him there? He has been abhorrent. Like, and, and look, I know that we want to stop for, 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 for Crichton next year. That's fine. I have no idea why Jake Cavarillo or Jake Grass was excellent at the World Cup. Haven't been trying that in that position. So, um, I, I, I suspect the next game we're going to see one of those two play fullback because the parent got dragged halfway through uh, uh, last week. But, I just I don't understand it. I don't understand. I know, I know this is not a club filled with depth, but we're play, we've been playing Corey Woodell all year, and you get Curtis Moran, who was outstanding in defeat. We got beat by 38 on, on the weekend by the Sharks. He was absolutely outstanding. Tries every time. And, um, you know, we've kind of uncovered some gems. Like I, I think those who need the ball are going to be Curtis Moran would be a better chance than whatever. Jacob Preston has been really, really good. He's exactly my kind of player, and you know, I'm very happy to have the new Simon Gillies playing for us, which is which has been been great. You know, you know, young, but I kind of like what we're seeing from from Carl Oluwapu. I think we're, I think he's a fair way off, and I don't know how that's going to necessarily blend with um, Matt Burton. I think the best solution, if if something pops up, would be well, the best solution will be Ben Hunt coming to the Bulldogs, um, Burton back to five eight because he's just on the halfback. And all up with playing that 14 role for a while, I think, which would be the best way forward. But yeah, there's there's not there's not what you would um yeah, there's there's pieces there. Everything kind of comes together and you do it, but there, there's no sugarcoating it. Like it's been an underachievement and not not so much the wins and losses. Like we had some good wins against the Storm earlier in the year and you know, you know, coming from behind winning against the Titans. It's just been a lack of mental toughness and the, the lack of player development, which kind of concerned me a little bit. Yeah, on the bright side, Preston, I, he's been my rookie of the year. I think he's been outstanding. But but as you say, just uh, you know, not a hell of a lot else. Um, few other individual positives, but the, the defensive worst defense in the comp. I mean, the Warriors revival has been built around their you know defensive resolve with a. You know now their now their roster looks all right because they've been playing well. But at the start of the year, you wouldn't have you know got very yeah. excited about the Warriors roster wouldn't at all. Us. They wouldn't spoon contenders the Warriors like on paper. And that's yeah. been yeah. coaching that's got it out there, and that's where that's where I've been disappointed about them. Like, like the the statistics over teams about the grand finals over the last twenty years have been very much kind of top two, top three defensive sides, and that's where you need to improve. If not, you're just next Nathan Brown. Um, yeah, a bit of pressure, I guess, building on Serato. Though I'm sure he'll get another, well, another couple of years, and he's got Crichton and, and Co coming next year. So obviously they'll be stronger for that. Um, the the yeah. Gus Gould influence there. How, do, how does that sit with you as a Bulldogs diehard? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because well, Gus doesn't like me. I've been blocked on Twitter for some some comments. So, um, but I, I do appreciate that he has an ability to bring in big names and. For all the knocks on him, and I, I don't think he took Penrith to that premiership, but he certainly laid the groundwork for us. I, I kind of don't mind having that. It's it's the lack of consistency that kind of gets me going, and this is kind of going off on, on these 
random bits like, oh, I think he's a guy who could get Ben Hunt. I think it would be great. Well, the same token, he's a guy who gets besotted with Tavita Pango Jr. Like, and that's the kind of inconsistent, inconsistent way. Also, just this is not like a, a Shane Richardson rebuild or a Frank Panisi kind of topping up a roster, but there doesn't seem to be any coherent plan for mine. So, at the end of the day, we need a halfback and yeah, while we're still on the Bulldogs, I think Reid Marnie has been dreadfully disappointing, and not for lack of effort. I think he's, he's almost got a Michael Ennis problem of trying to do too much on a bad team. I think Reid Marnie is a very good hooker on a very good team. I think on a bad team, we've seen him kick all the time, we've seen him overplay his hand, I think it's taking his toll. So I don't, I'm certainly not suggesting we need to be looking to move on from him, but you look at the form of Jeremy Marshall King, who we have, yeah, much, absolutely. much cheaper. And, and he's flying, and now we've got Reid uh, Marnie, who paying a lot more for it, probably been not under trying, but knocking the results good on him. Yeah, well, he hasn't even probably been up to the standard Jeremy Marshall King, was it, at Canterbury, let alone no. what he's he was the last Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, so, pretty rough looking finish to the season for the Bulldogs. I'm guessing you just. Uh, just looking to see a bit of promise. Finals probably out of the question at this stage. Five and ten yeah. record. Don't worry about the finals. Just trying to avoid the wooden spoon. So. <laughs> yeah. I think kind of a wooden spoon or a bottom two finish would do significant damage to the Bulldogs. This is something where if you can grind your way up to 14th, 13th and finish the year with, you know, four and two or something like that or, or have some tough losses, you can build on that. But, it's the last few weeks for him to go by and the defensive capitulation to continue. Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're back to square one again. Uh, Cronulla, a team that's been thrusted into a bit of a crossroads recently. They were flying with uh, five wins from six. Now they're, well, they're fifth on the ladder, uh, beaten by Brisbane and Melbourne back-to-back. Pretty ugly losses. Um, bounced back against Canterbury last week, but they sort of didn't really have much uh, opposition in front of them there. Uh, where do you where do you rate Cronulla at the moment? Are they still in the mix, or are they you just seeing other finals uh, early finals exit ahead for them? Yeah, it's been the history, isn't it? The Sharks early finals exits. Um, I think we might be looking at something similar. I, I say the Sharks will say flat track bullies. You know, like they, they are they are super impressive at putting bad teams to the sword. Like they they can be pretty ruthless. Like they move the ball. They can lot of decoy runners. Like, there's a lot happening, and bad teams struggle against that. But, yeah, they're, they're putting in some pretty ordinary performances against good teams. So, I uh, don't like them. Oh, I'm starting to get a little... Craig Fiskin obviously a very promising coach. You know, he did, did a, he's done a great job with him and picking the recruitment. And he's not going to seem willing to make the hard decisions. You know, kept, you, know you get flogged, they kept rolling out the same team. And I think there's some promising young players at the Sharks that... I'm probably a bit more deserving of a run of some of these, of some of these uh, uh, players. But, yeah, we keep seeing the wave grounds and that roll out every week. And I just don't know that that's helpful. I think I think they need an injection of, of, of youth, particularly in their path. And I don't know if they're getting it. I can't understand Connor Tracy not getting a, a run no, each week. He's been out. Is, is he on the perfect number four name? Like, I, I think he should be starting in the centre and out of But... Um, is him not the perfect number 14 if you need him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's a great player. Um, yeah, it's a tough spot for the, the Sharks. I think they've only won over any of the current uh, top eight was back in round two against Parramatta, who obviously started the season very poorly. 
Um, so yeah, they've, they've certainly got a point to prove. Play the Warriors in Auckland in a few weeks. It's probably their first uh, real opportunity to make a statement uh, in round 20. But uh, you don't see them doing too much in September again. Uh, where are we at now? The Gold Coast sitting ninth on the table. They don't feel like a team that's sitting ninth. They sort of seem like a 13th place team at the moment. Yeah, yeah, well, they're ninth. They feel like a 13th place team, but they could well until be top four if they held on to some of their slides. Yeah. So they yeah. have blown some big leads. Well, I think Hobbles will coach. I just don't know the Titans look slump for him. I'd Oh, it's hard to pull that apart. Like, I do think he's intelligent, but I don't think he's probably still what when Essendon is still there. Like they have absolutely, but like, they they capitulated against the Dolphins. You know, they capitulated against Canterbury, but but there's talent there. And I think he's like I think the key to unlocking them is figuring out how you use Brimson, Campbell, and Foran. And I think that means Tanner Boyd goes by the wayside. So, um, which I yeah. I'm no fan of Tanner Boyd, so I've got no issues with that. But I think four has just got to move in that halfback role. He's not he's not a running five eight anymore. He's too old for that, so um and too fragile. So um I think the the, the most interesting thing on the Titans for me is how how is Kieran Forrest still playing? He was gonna be done five years ago when he was at the dogs, his body was collapsing, he's been yeah. doing a lot of three clubs since. So um but yeah, I, I think there's stuff there. Like I like that Alessiana Cam Pereira. And yeah. Absolute speed machine. I think he's learning the game now. So I think there's there's some upside there. Brimson's obviously a star. Um, they've got, you know, Mo Fodder Wake is great. They're doing this all about both Fermor as well. I think it's close to their best player last year. So um, oh, I think there's enough there for the Titans. I, I, I don't think they were there as a chance of sneaking into the eight. I don't know how that sounds silly. They are, um, you know, ninth tied for Clark Rates right now. But oh, I yeah, you know, I haven't checked their draw on the way in, but I don't think they're hopeless. Uh, ben Hunt would obviously help with that if he lobs up with them for the rest of the season. Any chance? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I think his best chance of getting out of the Dragons is to say he's going to Queensland. I don't know necessarily there's a long-term deal up there, but I think that would be his best chance. And, and to be honest, I think if you want to come with the Bulldogs, which I think is entirely possible, um, probable, uh, oh, I think that's um, yeah, a half season stint with the Titans wouldn't be the worst idea for them. Uh, the Titans have already had their full allocation of buys, so that's probably not oh, ideal already. Uh, so they go. I was looking at the table going, do they? They seem, they seem very high up for a team as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, they've, so they've got six free points already, um, and they play seven of the current top eight in the run home. So, probably, so they're not making the finals. <laughs> Yeah, they can they can pile on some points. They're great to watch, but and third worst defense in the comp. Um, it's just you know been their bugbear for a few seasons now, and I think they're probably one of the ones that that miss out. Um, now where are we alphabetically? I've skipped over the Dolphins. I'm not used to slotting the Dolphins into this uh, alphabetical lineup. So we'll, you also uh, mentioned sixteen teams earlier, Will. So did I? Oh. Not willing to not willing to give the Dolphins their due. <laughs> Well, I certainly should because they've been outstanding in their debut campaign. Everyone had them. If they weren't picking the Warriors for the spoon, they are picking the Dolphins for the spoon. Came out of the blocks with a 3-0 start and haven't won back-to-back since then, but they've certainly produced some gutsy performance already, equaled the premiership record for the biggest comeback ever against the Titans, as you just mentioned. Uh, spanked Cronulla in Magic Round. Uh, only won one of their last four, though. If you 
been a bit worried by the signs of the last couple of weeks. A 22-point loss to the Warriors. I don't think that was that bad given the team that they took over to Auckland, but 58-18 to Manly was uh, was a bit uglier. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly overachieved, but I, I backed the, the Dolphins over five and a half wins. I've never collected earlier on a futures bet in my life than the Dolphins. Uh, I think they were they won six games very early on. It was a, a nice, easy watch. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just love what the Dolphins are. I, I think Wayne has done a remarkable job. Like you said, everyone had them for the spoon. You look at them on paper. Before I kind of sat down and did some proper form, just on paper going, how can this team compete? You know, but they, they really, I've done well. Like, I've always been a Hamisa Tabloid for those games, and I think he was just an outstanding signing um, for them. There are some, yeah, the Bromwich boys have looked very ordinary kind of for the storm the last couple of years. They've been rejuvenated. Felice Kafusi rejuvenated. And, you know, they've just, they've just got the best out of players like Tom Gilbert. I think there's a few question marks there. Some of us that like this continual need to pick Brinko Lee. Like, seriously, wouldn't get around at Orange Sims Reserves. They haven't won a game this year first. Um, it's uh, uh, very ordinary, but I, I like what they've done. I, I, I think I think we've seen the best of the Dolphins. Yeah, I think it's very hard for a team that's been stretched so thin. But a couple of points. Oh, Sean O'Sullivan looks like he'll be back this week, man among the reserves. If not this week, he'll be back next week. So important to them. I just think he's that steady hand that they've been missing. Um, and teams are for flogging. You know, they always bounce back. So I reckon they are a massive runner against the Eagles this week. So um, I'll be smashing them plus five and a half, but I think they are a massive chance of winning. Right? Especially when you've got time to prepare for it, this is a good spot for the Dolphins. So... Uh, still a chance of sneaking the eight. Oh, I wouldn't be back when we make it to the eight, but uh, I think there's some hope. Yeah, certainly had, haven't had a lot of luck with injuries. 31 players have used already. Um, some great discoveries and, as you said, rejuvenations. Jermaine Osako has been... Oh, has he been good? Yeah, 14 tries um, and very consistent. So Jeremy Marshall-King, as I've already talked about, and the Hammer has been an absolute slam dunk at, at fullback. So they've done a great job with a, you know what looked like a pretty... Uh, ragtag bunch of of recruits. Um, talking of talking of ragtag bunch, it, it is fantastic, absolutely fantastic this week to see a McGrady on the wing. Brady McGrady uh, making yes, his debut. Yes, I was uh, about to say. After we saw you and McGrady come out during uh, Indigenous round uh, at, at the Bulldogs game, very very excited to see Braden McGrady. So uh, <laughs> absolutely pumped for that. So well done, Dolphins. I, I can see in a couple of years uh, maybe Braden McGrady picking up the yeah. Delhi M. Uh, winner of the year award wearing Ewan's Uncle Ewan's uh, <laughs> tight suit from 1991. Uh, do you reckon? I, only, if, only if we can get uh, some relational bullfrog to get a police escort to get him to the uh, <laughs> to the awards. Uh, outstanding. Uh, so now we're on to uh, Manly. Uh, pretty low on them, only won two of their last seven. Uh, showed promise at times and they, they gave the Dolphins a massive touch up, went down to Canberra and got a big win, but. Uh, can't piece it together week to week. Um, yeah, do you see Turbo and, and Daily Cherry Evans been able to drag them into the top eight or are they done? Well, I reckon they're done. Is there any hope that the coach Anthony Seabold, I'm going to say the negative of having Seabold as your coach is probably going to outweigh any positives with Turbo and Cherry. Uh, I, I, I kind of find memory far. I, I just, it's pretty clear that the Turbos and Cherry don't really get on that well. You don't have to be best mates to be a footy team, but I don't necessarily click that well as a, as a, footy, as a footy team. 
about a very talented backbone, but they're, they're almost trying to do what the storm of historically they are just like real top heavy with your best players, which is probably decent. But you, the, well, the difference is the storm have managed to put good, a good supporting cast around, and, and mainly are rolling out, you know, not only a, an ordinary supporter, they're, they're putting Josh Schuster in a key position and paying a lot of money. Like you can't, you can't survive like that. Like that's not how. Like they've got no depth. I think their pack is as bad as ordinary as it gets in the comp. Like, take out Homoli uh, Olaplatu. So that's a very, very ordinary pack. And Jack Trawich, obviously. Um, very ordinary pack for mine. So, um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't like them. I don't think they're making it. So they'll uh, fade down the stretch. Um, Melbourne Storm, now this is a team that you have historically been big on and uh, bet big on and collected, I'm sure, a lot over the years by uh, backing them to continue their dominant streak. Now, they don't quite look like the Melbourne of old, but they're in third. Um, yeah, beat up on Cronulla a couple of weeks ago. Uh, are they in the premiership mix for you, mate, or has it just been a little bit of a decline from, from recent years? Hagland's being a bad team and still being third on the ladder and uh, having a bad, having a bad yeah, year. Like yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I think they can absolutely win it. I think their ability to win it will probably depend on when we see Ryan Pappenhausen and how he can kind of get back, if he can get back to uh, full throttle. Um, that's just what they're missing the Storm at the moment. They've obviously got a, a really good team. I think they've done a good job filling up the, 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 the loss of so many veteran forwards. I think we've seen a bit more Nelson this year too. He's been... Kamek has been very good. You know, again, Christian Walsh back has been has been massive. You know, we don't talk about Munster Hughes and, and Grant. I mean, Hughes, I think, is sort of down here by his lofty standards. Uh, uh, still playing well. Nick Mee's done a great job for that. But there's, there's, there's no yeah, job that Mee just does not have that X factor that Pappenhausen does. And normally when the term X factor gets thrown out, it kind of says high ceiling, high, you know, low floor. There's no low floor with Pappenhausen. He's got the same floor as Nick Meany, but he's got that high ceiling that can break open a game. So um, I, I think that there is some... Uh, there's always some interesting selection decisions coming when Pappenhausen does come in. Like, are you going to put Meany on a wing? And who goes? Because you're not dropping Will Warbrick. And I, I think he's been far better than Xavier Coates. So for mine, he's probably the most overrated player in the comp. Like, I, I've no idea what people continue to think he's a, a, a rep player. Like, he does well in his first base spot, Coates. But, um, yeah, I've got the Storm very much contenders. I think they're uh, in premiership betting. I think they're great value. I think there's, there's, there's upside there. Yeah, you're right, Bellamy, off at your own peril. So I think they can definitely win. Uh, Newcastle. Um, I've actually been impressed with them on the whole. Compared, I had them in you know, bottom two or three. They may still end up there. Um, and they've only won, what, two of their last eight. But they have shown a lot of spirit at times that, you know, Golden Point lost to Penrith. Uh, I thought they were pretty good against Brisbane a couple of weeks ago, but just not winning the games that they should or that that loss to the Roosters uh, really seemed to to um, put the kibosh on their finals hopes last week. Yeah, <clears throat> considering their roster, I think they've done pretty well, but that, it's just they're just continually shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, it starts at the top as well, Adam O'Brien, like... Some of the selection, like all this head injury stuff around Caleb Pong, that they've bought upon themselves or put in the front line. Like, what, what is this need for players at good position when you don't need to change position to change position? But 
it was utterly ridiculous. Like it'd be like it, it would honestly be like Craig Bellamy go, you know, Pappy's had some serious head injuries over the last little bit. You're coming back off a off an injury. Let's put you at five up. Let's get you in a front line. Well, we don't need to put you there. It's like seriously, I think the culture is bad. I think they put too many bad players in key positions. Like I, I know it's hard to recruit at Newcastle, but you can't be playing Tyson Gamble, Jackson Hastings. And Kurt Mann on one team, and and Phoenix Crossland. Sorry, that's not that's not a winning formula there. So, um, yeah, I don't like him. I, 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 and just the one of them. But had Greg Marzu took three or four weeks to get a run to start the year, he's been arguably the best player. They've gone and recruited him. Like I, I, I just don't. I don't understand what goes on in Newcastle. Sometimes I, I find it sad. It's a, it's a district that yeah, gets great crowds, no matter how bad the team is. I can't see any way I'd advise their coach next year. Uh, I don't think it would be the worst thing to, to, to pull a pin and, and get an interim in there just to try a few different things out. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, not a lot of upside there and not much on the horizon recruitment wise by the looks of things either. So I'd say there's more chance of big outs than ins. Like I'd say that, you know, um, Zell, we're looking to go elsewhere, talk to you. I think there's some salary cap drama. No idea how about salary cap dramas, but I don't know they're paying. Um, but I just there's not a lot coming through. Junior development's been bad under O'Brien, so um, yeah, I, I, they're gonna have to keep Ponga at all costs. But I don't care what kind of contracts have been signed, I'm not sure Ponga's, Ponga's gonna be staying all that long. Uh, now on to our New Zealand Warriors. Um, we talk on the pod every week with people that are obviously passionate supporters of the Warriors and um, you know, have that sort of that slant. I guess, slanted view. I've been dying to get the opinion of uh, of an expert who, you know, doesn't have a vested interest in the Warriors. What's your take on them, their turnaround, and particularly as someone that had them for the spoon at the start of the year? You must, well, as you said already, you're pretty impressed with how they've gone. But, uh, yeah, give us the, uh, the skinny on the Warriors from your point of view. My one vested interest in the Warriors is my absolute love of Sean Johnson. And seeing Sean Johnson back to his best has been one of the great surprises of this year and has been absolutely delightful to watch. I'm sure every Warriors fan is giddy thinking about Sean, uh, Sean Johnson back because when he went to Cronulla, he was done at the Warriors, he was dreadful, he was very ordinary at Cronulla, come back to the Warriors thinking, what are they doing? Like he is, this, is just, this is just a pension for, for him. He has been brilliant. And you know, it has been a joy to watch him play. And for that, uh, yeah, uh, I think credit's got to go to Andrew Webster. You know, he's done a great job in bringing in some results. Like, it's not only his attack that's been electric. He's been front and centre in defence, you know, making tackles and, and all that kind of thing. So um, it's been great. Like, any team that can, if you can get a team with Marcelo Montoya and Dallin Martins and Leslie Act to play in top six, to finish top six, hey, hey, yeah, hats off to you. That's coach of the year stuff for mine. But yeah. Uh, um, Oh, there's an incredible roster turnover last year. Uh, you, you've had a fair few injuries kind of coming up, maybe not a lot of serious ones, but you're kind of continually seeing chopping and changing the halves. I loved how he pulled the trigger and brought Luke Metcalf straight back into the team. Yeah, when I say back in the team, he hadn't really been in the team. He was their, their big recruit. But, but you know, they, I hate when you get injured and you usurped, but no one's really done enough to earn it. I think, it's, I think it was just. A gutsy decision, and I love, love what you've done there. Um, the pack has been excellent. But uh, I think, in fact, Josh Curran's playing on the bench. It says a bit about how that pack is going at the moment. So, um, 
do I think they can win it all? Definitely not. But yeah, are they going to make the eight? Oh, I would have thought so from here. But they've got a pretty easy run in. There's a, probably a little bit of value around around them finishing top four. So um, yeah, I, I yeah I, I have two teams for spend this year, but they stood out for me: the, the Dragons and the Warriors. I was right on one, but very very wrong on the other. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't think even the most optimistic of us expected the Warriors to be going so well, and you know the fact that by mid-season we're already you know thinking let's push for top four rather than squeaking into the eight would be a tremendous result, which at the start of the year it would have been. Now that's a, almost a failure if we you know get seventh or eighth and and uh, dip out in week one. So yeah, I think the prelim is is on the cards for for us if we keep playing this year and. Uh, as well as they have been, and um, get their best team on the paddock. As you said, we've had plenty of injuries, not necessarily long-term ones, but I think the strongest team we ran out was round one and two, and that side was still missing. Uh, we didn't have uh, Jazz Devanga, and there was someone else. Look, Metcalf well. Yeah, Metcalf wasn't available, though. Yeah, it's probably bumped out of our top 17, I'd say, when once Tomato Martin comes back. Uh, but, yeah, we did have um, Escape me now. Who we had another another uh, top liner out for that as well. But uh, yes, yeah, so if we can get the best team on the paddock, uh, as you said, good run home. I think the only top eight teams, or current top eight teams, we play um, are over the next few rounds: South Parramatta and uh, Cronulla and Canberra. But yeah, the only teams above us: uh, South and Cronulla. So both at home. So uh, yeah, it's the, very gettable shots too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely loving what we've we've seen from them, and um, it just again proves you and I. Have, I've gone on about it on the podcast any number of times about uh, recruiting. You know the the best assistant that you can get is the absolute uh, slam dunk approach to recruiting a new coach, and it's proven time and again at the Warriors and across the NRL, and it's definitely definitely worked. Um, with Webster, he's been unbelievable, and just, like the turnaround from the Nathan Brown era has has just wow. been, uh, yeah. The fact you've gone Kearney and Brown, like you just give yourself absolutely no hope, and now you're giving yourself some hope. And one thing I do want to ask you about the Warriors is, you know, obviously I've got a well ingrained hatred of rugby union, but I hear that Roger Tuivasa-Sheck has not been treated that well in rugby union. What's the story there, and will he chance to be back this year? Uh, the latest noise is that he's may the Warriors don't know if it's worth the money to bring him back if they have to pay him twenty five thousand dollars a game, you know, get six weeks of training to get him back, you know, for a couple of weeks before the finals. I reckon it might be worth it given with you know this week running around with Adam Pompey and Rocco Berry in the centre. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But no, I, I think it's still a chance. Um They'll be keeping tabs on it. Yeah, rugby union didn't really work out for for Roger. I don't think he was that well suited to being a, a number twelve in in union, where you know no time, no space. I think he did about as well as could be expected. But it I'm stunned stun that the greatest rugby league or one of the best rugby league players wasn't already you know captain of the All Blacks. Stunning. <laughs> they gave they gave Matt they gave Matt Duffy an All Blacks too, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah, so he did. He, he fulfilled the dream of playing for the All Blacks, but certainly didn't work out quite as Roger would have hoped. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just another massive tick for the Warriors this year, and the you know what the regime has done under Andrew yeah. Webster's coaching that he's coming back. I mean, the fairy tales just keep uh, 
keep rolling in for the club and the supporters. Can't wait to see him back potentially later this year, but um, yeah, definitely next year. It's, it's bloody exciting. Yeah, if you told me uh, at the start of 2021 that two years later would be a top eight team and have Roger and Sean back in it, you know, that certainly seemed uh, absolutely no chance. So good, good time, time to be. Yeah, yeah, and we've certainly put up with a few pretty shit house years, so um, it's good fun, all right. I, I, uh, I did I did edit the book, Will. There's been more than a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Nick, uh, it's uh, Nick alluded to there. Edited, well, edited all the books that I've worked on, and we co-authored one, but he uh, had to read the tortured history of the Warriors' first 25 years. I loved and, it. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so much I've very... because you just like you just the Warriors just don't get the coverage over here. That like not probably not so much these days. Like it's a bit more universal, but certainly in those first ten or fifteen years when there wasn't the amount of con- rugby league content on over here, oh and, and like it just wasn't. You know, players like an Ali Lauer T that were were like watching a Super League player now. You know what I mean? Like you you would know them. You would. Hear about them, and you would, yeah, you could see the odd game, but it wasn't just part of the part of everything what you get now. So, um, it was, it was actually a great read. Must, must get for a Warriors fans, which I'm sure you promoted knowing from the bottom spot, but uh, must read yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you mentioned rugby union. Uh, what probably hasn't um, been relayed across the Tasman there is how much rugby union is taking an absolute battering here. Even Steve Hansen, your uh, valued. Um, advisor at the Bulldogs there has said the NRL is a better watch than, than Super Rugby at the moment and uh, yeah, it's just everyone getting on the Warriors bandwagon but also just the NRL as a general product which you know couldn't be more right, Super Rugby sucks Union is incredibly dull and predictable um, they've just got it wrong so many on so many levels but man, as a league fan it is just absolutely uh, beautiful to see everyone piling on Rugby Union and uh, and getting behind league. So uh, yeah, it's, it's you know how exciting that is. you know how exciting that gets me. How exciting yeah. that gets me. Will and uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's I, I, I don't think you needed to say. I don't think you need to put the word super before uh, sucks. But you just use the word rugby. But uh, <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah. So it hasn't been relayed because we don't get rugby union in Australia because rugby union is virtually dead over here. And I, I say that not as a guy who's hated and done his best to to to, to, to pile the last uh, shovel a load of dirt on on the grave, but it, it's so irrelevant in Australia that, like, it's not, you don't, it's on an obscure streaming channel that you've got to, um, that no one watches it. Yeah, there is no coverage in the papers, but Peter Fitzsimons will occasionally write an article that kind of gets pushed in the, the um, Sydney Morning Elk. There is no, like, rugby union, it, rugby union would not rank in the top 10 or 12 sports in Australia right now. So that's how, that's how low it is. So, um, yeah, over here, the, they always stuff and say that uh, New Zealand's a generation behind and it seems like you're catching up. <laughs> yeah, I well, was speaking of a generation behind, the, um, it, it does remind me a bit about, uh, you know, when the Winfield Cup exploded over here and, mm. um, and you know, lots of All Blacks jumping ship. It is kind of like that, but Union's coming off much lower base than it was in, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. So interesting times ahead for the... Uh, the battle for hearts and minds of um, the codes over here, but yeah, great yeah. to see the ground that it, the league's made up. It's interesting that um, when I went over there, I kind of this well, I was there for four four years. I, I, I kind of 
envisaged that it was a bit more regional, like like in north of England or, or, or the, the southwest of France and in Australia, that around Auckland, that rugby league would be very popular and no one would know, care or give a damn across most of the country. And I was stunned to find that rugby league was pretty much every person's second favourite sport. And the Warriors were everyone's second favourite team and they were loved across the country. And uh, now it kind of seems like there was that base there that, that now that, you know, they say Union's not going so well over there and and the Warriors are, are good and seven leagues taking off that, you know, there's a decent base there. So that, that does kind of bode well for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it, it can hinge a bit on how the Warriors are going, but, you know, even through the, the last few years have been pretty torturous. Mm. Uh, but the interest has always been there. Um yeah. And we just, you know, just get more people when they're when they're going well. So yeah, good signs ahead for the sport. Uh moving on through the teams, North Queensland Cowboys. Now they look absolutely gone uh when they conceded sixty six points to the Tigers. But a bit of a upswing since then. A gutsy loss to the Eels and then a, a stunning big win over the storm. Uh pipped the uh Panthers and Golden Point with a um in an originless uh game up there in Townsville. So, yeah, that, that for me, they're a little bit of a sleeper in the, the pack for the top eight. I mean, there's still a lot of ground to make up. But the composition's t- so tight. They haven't really given everyone that much of a head start. Yeah, they, they probably shouldn't have um, been as far back as they were. They had a very soft draw to start the comp with. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's probably just... Two teams outside the eight who I think are a good chance of, of pushing to get in there. And Cowboys are one of them, but I just can't have a team with Chad making the eight again. Like, I think we're kind of getting from them this year what we suspected they would be last year. Like, everyone forgets they were the raging wooden spoon favourites last year. And one going wrong, me included there. But um, I just, there's two. there's too many weak spots. They've got great players, like I think Reese Robs is a great player. Uh, I, I, you know, I like, absolutely love Tommy Deere and you got your Ruben Clark, but there's just there's no depth to the team. They're they're often rolling out a bench of no names and yeah, I, I'm not going to have them make the eight. But I think I think there's I think they're a team that when momentum is on their side, they can kind of maximise that. But um, I don't know what Warriors fans feel like, but I, I don't rate Tom Payne as a coach either. And I think he might have uh, he might have locked into one when he left. You know, certainly much happier now with uh, where we are. Last year, when we had Nathan Brown and the uh, Cowboys were top four, we were looking, uh, <laughs> pining for him, but no, quite happy these days. Uh, yeah, if the Cowboys can get over South this week and South have still got Latrell out, I think they're a decent chance, even though it's in Sydney. Um, I think they're just about going to make the finals. They're six and two in Townsville, which is the best record of any team in the comp, which is quite remarkable given where they sit. Yeah. Uh, best home record. They've got another four games at uh, up in Townsville, and I think they only after this weekend have to leave Queensland twice more. So, pretty oh. handy draw for the run home. Yep. Um, yeah, interesting. To see if they can go on with it. Scott Scott Drinkwater obviously playing out of his skin uh, lately. She's yeah, real key for them. Uh, moving on, Parramatta team that's made a charge after a poor start to the year went four and seven. Now have won four on the trot. Um, do they stay in the eight? No. Uh, I'm going to say no. I think the Dylan Brown loss is going to have a pretty big impact on on, on where they go. And, um, 
if that kind of clears up in a couple of weeks, which I don't think it will, but if it did, I, I, I'd probably look to change my view. Um, got a very good team when all apart, but not much below that. And I think we're kind of seeing that with, and this is always trying to show up in a half when there's a half, when there's a half that's, that's ruled out, but no Dylan Brown. I think it's going to be can. It's all good and well putting a number on a manly side with that turbo and cherry and all good and well smashing the Bulldogs. But you've got some tough games ahead. And yeah, I don't I don't love what the Eels are doing this year. I think that they're maybe not as mentally tough as they need to be. So um yeah, happy to 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 lay them. Yeah, big game for them against the Dolphins. They've been pretty, they've been uh, good in Sydney, but pretty ordinary on the road mm-hmm. this year. And yeah, big game on Sunshine Coast against the Dolphins, then the bye, then the Warriors away, or at home actually. Uh, but yeah, some tough ones down the stretch Melbourne, Brisbane, Penrith in the last five rounds. So uh, I think they'll yeah, sort of be around on the fringes of the eight. Uh, Penrith, still raging hot title favourites, uh, top two. Certainly not the dominant force that they have been um, for the last few years, but they still you still the team to beat. No, unfortunately, sickeningly boring to watch, but uh, they're, they're they're relentless, and that's what good teams are, I guess. But uh, yeah, not the dominant force. I think they've interesting. They're interesting one. They've just really struggled in wet conditions this year. So when they can't kind of play their style and they kind of can't be comfortable, haven't been that well, that well suited, but. Obviously, not anything you can rely on there. Yeah, clear, clear the team to beat. Um, we'll see how they go that clearing for an extended period. Like they, um, they push the cowards. Hard to get a grip on without, without their origin players. They, were, uh, they win the week prior and they, they beat someone the week uh, prior. Ah, yeah, smash the roosters. Smash the roosters, uh, that's that right. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But you know, like their top four minimum, probably not a grand final, deserve a premiership cup. Uh, yeah, they they do look potentially vulnerable to a, a prelim loss to a you know a team with a bit of momentum. Um, Would love that. Would yeah, love that. Love to see a grand final without the Panthers in it again. Uh, any like, other if, if the Panthers never made another grand final, at least during the Jerome Law era, I wouldn't be upset. So. <laughs> yeah, second that. Uh, where are we at now? St George Illawarra. Geez, what a absolute basket case of a club. That is, uh, I had, I'm, I'm uh, feeling pretty smug because I had them for the spoon at the start of the year, and uh, they've been dreadful. Won four games, uh, cut their coach loose, which is about the most positive thing they've done. Yep. Uh, but yeah, about to lose Ben Hunt, uh, hired Shane Flanagan, which I'm sure it has it a guess that you uh, weren't a fan of. Nick? Uh, look, there could be worse hires, but maybe not too many. Um, not so much like there is. He's obviously won a premiership. He's obviously intelligent. I wouldn't necessarily throw him in the cycle with Nathan Brown, Stephen Curry. Um, he's not a failed coach, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I would put him in the uh, probably the, the shame flooding category of convicted cheat and liars. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do think that's a problem. Um, and I think that it's been shown up straight away already when we denied when you knew full well that Ben Hunt had asked for a release. So um, I think Shane Flanagan's relationship with the truth is a bit of an issue going forth. And, I, and players who have played for him, I've played golf with one of them on a Monday afternoon, say so he's very much a players coach. 
he'll happily kind of hand the reins over. Like James Maloney used to run the Sharks when um, when um, when Flaming was there, would I would override him in video and video sessions, and, and Shane would take it. Like that's he was fine with that. So, but is a control freak across the club, and he should not be at a club where there is clear lack of leadership in the front office. <laughs> this is exactly how the Cronulla problems started. Like, this is like a lack of a lack of an experienced CEO, a divided board, and a lot of money around the club. This is this is going to be Cronulla Mark too. All of a sudden, our peptides are going to be back involved. Because <laughs> um, like there's there's no one wants to play for it. No one wants, I would say the Dragons would probably be other than Knights the least desirable destination in the NRL right now. Um, they're not going to be able to get good players. Um, Kazzy got some upside in kind of being able to develop your Jaden Sullivans and your, your Till Stones. Yep, definitely there's some there. And I think you could probably do a pretty good job with that. But from a cultural point of view, I don't love it. I will say this, though. All this buzz around Jason Riles. The Storm don't get it wrong too often, so I'm quite happy to put my hand up if I'm wrong on this one. Dumb players really turn to be, dumb, turn to be smart coaches. Now, you don't have to be a superstar player, but I'd probably prefer you not to be a superstar player. All the great coaches were, were grafters and grinders. But say what you want about Craig Bellamy and Trent Robinson. They weren't renowned as dumb players who gave away dumb penalties and threw stupid offloads. And Jason Riles was exactly that. So I, I, they, they might have got lucky with that one, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, the, well, and you say that he, he handed the reins to Maloney when he was at the Sharks for video sessions and whatnot. I mean, if Hunt goes, who's he getting to take the reins there? There is absolutely, absolutely nothing. Uh, no one. Shocking roster with a bunch, you know. Even at these players' peaks, the the current roster they weren't that great, but you know, the, there's just a lot of dead wood there, and just needs so, a complete clean out. But nothing, you know, it's not really much to piece together a half decent footy side. And it's all the dragons are doing right by by adhering to Anthony well, by bending to Anthony Griffin's will of just like trying to keep his own job by bringing in all these veterans who he thought can get him to twelfth. Or tenth on the ladder, and save his <laughs> job. Like, and that's all they were there for. Like, that's all he's bringing in Ben Murphy, and Aaron Woods, and um, whoever else. I'm going, hoping that some of these stick. And it's it's a shocking way to build a roster, and that's why you need a strong football department. And I, and I understood why Jason Ross came in and said, "I want to run the football. I want to have a guy in the football department who knows what he's doing." Because what they've got there now is not working. Ah, uh, yeah, Anthony Griffin up there with. Nathan Brown in the grand final of worst coaching hires in the last decade, I think, in NRL. Uh, just crazy. I couldn't believe that they, they handed them the gig. But anyway, uh, not too sad about it. Not a big fan of the, the club in general. Um, South Sydney now. Um, they seem to be the sexy pick as uh, premiers. Yeah. Are you backing right. that up? You think they can win the comp? Absolutely think they can win the comp at their best. Uh Definitely got the upside to it. So we're on a clear second best team. Love, love everything about how the Bunnies are run from the top down. Okay, obviously we we know Blake solely well. Um, they just since Richard was there, they just run the club the right way. That they they do a great job. They've got a great culture there. Um, sorry to say, Alex Johnson. The, the, the number one story of a man rugby league, Alex Johnson chasing down Canada's on. Right. A record I never thought would be broken. And I, every time he scores, I just get just a little bit more excited. So, absolutely love that. Uh, can we? I'm very, very concerned about the lack of depth in their pack. That is a big worry for me. Like they've, they've built a roster of top heavy stars that focus on, as you do, fullback, hooker, five eight, 
great job. I don't know if Ocelin Lewis is great, but he can do a job most of the time. But I think one second injury, like we said, Blake Taft's terrible. Blake Taft is terrible. Dean Hawkins is not a first player. So once they get an injury, like they're completely cast. Um, but I don't tend to injure that much. I don't think having this spell out for a trail is the worst thing for the club. Like, I, 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 yeah, I think they can do it. The uh, worry for the, the, the Bones is going to be when it's a preliminary final. What's it? Five preliminary finals the last five years, and they've got through on one no grand finals. Like, you, you're, 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 the, you're the history man here. I, can't, I don't even know that would happen before that. Five preliminary finals and no grand finals. Yeah. Uh, Parramatta, I guess, in the late 90s, early 2000s, had a fairly similar record. And the, uh, and the Sharks, period. I guess, as well. Yeah, but uh, it is, yeah, definitely a, a bit of a mental hurdle. Uh, Latrell's the key for me. I mean, they'd look a different team when he's not there. Uh, look like world beaters when he is. Um, Isn't he yeah, great for Worcester? Isn't he great yeah, for oh, brilliant. Yeah, outstanding. But yeah, if it, so maybe it will be a positive like it was last year. He had that big stretch out mid-season and then was the, just about the best player in the comp on the run home and, you know, outstanding in the finals um, as they came from seventh to a prelim. But if it sort of lingers and he's in and out of the side and he goes in a bit into the finals a bit short of a gallop, it could be a bit of a concern for, for South, but yeah, certainly in the, in the mix and uh, yeah, I'd love a, another South Penrith prelim. I think they might be able to get them uh, so this time around. I, I thought they could have got them last year, so. Oh, they should have. It wasn't for Except that half time, the one before half time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, Sydney Roosters, now, hasn't it been a tough old season for them? Um, they just haven't got going. They, they had a few uh, good wins over good good teams earlier in the season and it's just sort of fallen apart for them. Their attack has been atrocious. Um, this hasn't seemed like a, a Trent Robinson side. Uh, some of the recruits haven't panned out as we would have thought they would have. Suspension and injury problems uh, down 12th on the ladder, but still very much in that um, top eight mix. And they're, yeah, they're still tied for eighth, even though they're in 11th. So can they get it together in time to, to make a charge? I've got to say yes, but I don't know why. If you know what I mean, like, I had to make the grand final earlier in the year. I, I, I think that ship sailed now. I know Trent doesn't really like to get his team going until about round 10, so I kind of suspected that the slow start fine. We're going to kind of, this is when we're going to wind up. This hasn't clicked, but they've had, yeah, they've had a lot of injuries. They've got to let that Joseph Spoiler go. Like, if you saw his rugby union, piss off. Like, like, I think he is doing. No end of damage to that club. And I don't think they say it. I think they think they're doing the right thing by just letting him go. Like, there's obviously resentment of the club towards him. And they're about to wait. And, and no one, no one, no one begrudges anyone chasing money. It's the way you do it. And that's why, yeah, Sonny Bill Williams is despised and no one's going to be upset if Bernhardt goes and he's going someone. You know, like, it's one of those things that it's, it's how you do it. And so he's done it in a very, very poor way. Um, they had all the Crichton, English Crichton drama at the start of the year. It also seems all over the shop, right? Like I'm, I think Matt Lodge releases a good one, but um, like they seem flush with back rollers. They've got absolutely no backs whatsoever. Like, you can't play Drew Hutchinson in the centre. I don't mind. Like, he tries hard. He would have to be the slowest, biggest centre of the night. <laughs> Seriously, I'd half back myself to be able to step around him. Like, <laughs> you, you just can't roll him and Corey Allen out as first grade center. It's just not, it's not viable. 
But look, at the end of the day, we can say all this and talk about Brandon Smith's form and how he's fitting and all that stuff. He's a great player and I think they'll find their way. The issue is Teddy. He's been poor. He's been very, very poor all year. My theory on Teddy is this. I think he can absolutely save his season and save his career. But he, what Teddy has always done really well is get two bites at the cherry. He, he can get involved, have a run, stick his nose through him. It doesn't work. He, can, he could always get a pass away. He's fast enough to be able to get a pass away and he's arm free and, and kind of you know, recover something from it. These days when he's hogging the ball down the blind side and, and making darts, well, he's slow in getting tackled or getting in the way. And it's really, it's really compressing the, the roofs of the attack, and particularly without a dominant halfback, which they don't have. Now, Q is obviously a 5'8". Walker, obviously down in confidence, got dropped. So um, I, I think... I think Teddy. Yes, I think they need to reevaluate how Teddy plays, and, and when he gets involved, I think that's going to be pretty key there. Uh, obviously, Walker's injured at the moment, but one of the more bizarre individual storylines of the year that yeah. he was dropped, and and yeah, I'd be fast tracking him back in uh, to try and salvage something from their campaign this year. Um, last on the ledger is West Tigers, the hapless West Tigers. Now I'm sure you've. Uh, been talking to Fisky about this, about the Tigers ad nauseum. Uh, passionate Tigers man. Well, they went 0 7, um, just about set a new, uh, 18 year record, but uh, avoided it by beating Penrith. Had a bit of a mid season spike, uh, culminating in a 66 18 win over the Cowboys. Some promise, uh, promising. Lost to the Raiders and then, yeah, kind of falling back into old habits and a couple of injuries and, yeah, it looks like uh, bottom two or three for the Tigers. Yeah, they can't go anywhere without Eddie Crossdale. Like, he was a pretty good part of Look, they've done a good job at discovering some young players. Like, Dream Buller looks a superstar. Of course, the big news out of Tigers out as well. Got his first try, so that was very, very exciting for everyone in, yeah. in, in, in footy. But, uh, um yeah, I think there's been enough there. I think you know, Benji's done a pretty good job uh, at kind of getting something out of him and bringing a pretty distinct style. Well, I, love, I love seeing the return of the runaround, but that's very, very <laughs> exciting stuff. But they just don't have the talent there. Particularly in the back line, I just do not have nearly enough talent there. You can't, well, start with Tyler's playing five, mate. That's where they're at right now. So um, I'm no Luke Brooks fan, but this year they need Luke Brooks to be playing at a competent level to be able to to at least run that team. And sorry, it's the storm. They were just all over the shop. I think Wakem does a serviceable job at six uh, when there. But, yeah, I think they're a while away. But even if we get to the Voss Dewey as well, like, they're missing some pretty key players. Oh, I can't say them really winning a, 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 a many more games going forward. But um, maybe enough there to kind of suggest that they're onwards upwards. But, Look, I have been surprised to see Fisky cheer them because I think they were dead in the water turn. I think he said he's done with them about round four or five. So when he was up and around on the six, with the 66 points, I wasn't, I wasn't that surprised. Big <laughs> fellas, he's, he's lord of the core. Yeah, poor old Tigers. It'd be good to see them, even just for Fisky's sake, to see them uh, turning around. Obviously, the longest finals drought in the NRL. Uh, you start to get a bit of a soft spot for, for teams like that and, and any team with uh, Benji involved. This is okay with me, so yeah, hopefully. I don't like Benji. Right I don't like Benji. And I think, um, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do like Benji. Would like to see him succeed, and hopefully, he gets the, the roster turnover that he needs because 
I think it's a start. I, I don't know too many people in this year who wouldn't have grown up loving Benji. So hopefully he can attract a few decent players. But that's been a big problem with Tigers. But I kind of feel the dragons of the new Tigers. So they might be able to pull someone. Uh, that's all 17 clubs. And uh, yeah, outstanding, Matt. Thanks very much for giving us the. Uh, Giving us the rub on on to on how everyone's going and where they should end up. Hopefully, you're right about the Warriors and potential top four, potential preliminary finals. But yeah, we'll just have to see how it unfolds, mate. Absolute pleasure. I love talking footy with you, mate. And um, yeah, it's been a great year. Look, you got uh, what is it? Two points between fourth and eleventh right now. So yeah. plenty can change. Um, Bit hard to get a grip on the ladder with all the buys. We won't go into Joel Kane's already uh, buy points in, but uh, um, yeah, it's 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 a, it's been a great comp this year. Seven and ten comp for the first time. So uh, loving it. Love to talk footy with you, and uh, hopefully we'll get to catch up again before the end of the year. Absolutely, mate. We'll have you on before the finals. Hope to Fisky as well. Um, that would be great. And yeah, always appreciate it. Uh, Check out Nick's work on, as we said before, betseeker.com.au and Little Birdie Podcast. Uh, always great stuff. Um, I'll let you get on with your busy day, Nick. And enjoy Origin tonight, mate, and we'll talk to you soon. Will do, mate. Catch you soon. Uh, thanks again to sponsors, Kings Container Crew, kingscontainercrew.com, uh, Kings of Z. Uh, thanks very much. And to our Patreon supporters, and we'll catch you back here next week with uh, me, Fonzie, and Brad. <laughs>